I don't know who I am anymore. Well, you've been given a second chance. You can do things different this time. So why don't you do something completely new and have some... Hold to open. Hold to open. Yes, and what do you do? Grandmaster of the knowledge. What? No, he, he means it like a metaphor, uh, like two minds. Everywhere we go, there you are. This lot are on my side. But we've got things very, very wrong. Hello, and welcome to Pull to Open, an ongoing quest to watch all of Doctor Who, the whole thing, all of it, all more the episodes that we have now. In random order, I'm Pete Paschal. And I'm Chris Taylor, and I'm coming to you here from the black blue yonder. Uh, no, the I'm coming to you from Costa Rica, as I have been for the last three weeks, and I have just watched the Star Beast. Uh, wow, look at you. Yes. I watched it a internet. few hours ago. The internet held. I just watched it. I watched it with someone who's not into Doctor Who, so I I don't just have my quick take, my extremely fanish, excited reaction. Uh, I also have some thoughts to share from from someone uh, who may or may not be interested in watching the next episode. So stay well, tuned for that. Not to blow you away or anything, but I'm actually not even in my home base. Astute viewers on YouTube will notice neither of us are at our home base. I'm actually visiting my family in Pittsburgh, and I've got the extended family. I've got the grandparents' takes on this. Exotic Pittsburgh. I've only watched maybe one other episode of Doctor Who with us. So we got got takes, folks. We got our takes. We We got hot takes. We got all the takes. Yeah, we've got more takes than any other hot take that you're going to look at on Spotify or any of the other services. Stop looking now. This is the hot take on the Star Beast that you want to hear because I'm about to ask Pete the question. I've been dying to ask him because we haven't talked about this off the pod. We've literally both just watched this. Pete, what did you think? Chris, I liked it. <laughs> it's new Doctor Who. Is it it's a Viking banger? Who. Yes, no, no, no. We'll get that. We'll get that. We'll get to the uh, ratings. We'll get, oh, hey, we'll hey, get hey. The ratings. Hey. Uh, yes, but you liked it as a as an adaptation of the Starbase, as a, as a way to bring Doctor Who back, and as a way to show how much money Disney can uh, give you. To Holy spend. cow. Wow. You, you're not kidding. That meep. Yeah. That is the best looking meep <laughs> that has ever meeped. That was the an fact- impressive meep. I mean, that was so self-referential in so many ways. And, and one of the wonderful things is the fact that any previous doc- in the previous eras of Doctor Who monsters that were not, uh, shall we say, well-funded, uh, the eyeballs would absolutely not have blinked on the meat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that that's the thing that Donna reacts to. But, but yeah, let, let's just go big picture. Is this um, how you expected they play the Doctor Donna thing? Yeah, pretty much. I think the the notes of it, which is to say we have to sort of pick up where we left off, we have to bring people up to speed, um, all of that sort of played out how I thought. The one thing that I sort of uh, think, well, there's a, there's a few things that uh, to, to dissect didn't work as well. So I like that he's like, well, technically I said if she remembers me, not if, you know, she sees me. And that that that's a little bit like okay they're they're really playing that up here for sake of the story because it seemed like before the last time we saw them in End of Time that if she saw enough of him and enough you know fantastic stuff that the memories would just come flooding back and that yeah. seems to not be the case it seems like now she's the Winter Soldier and he has to give her like the code words to really get out the memories which is like oh was that really the case the whole time and. 
if that was the whole time, you know, why, why put Wilf and uh, Sylvia through that in terms of like trying mm-hmm. to protect her from all the stuff. So that, that was a little um, unexpected. I think it works pretty well for the story. Don't get me wrong. I, th- I like that. She's kind of in, in the dark Donna for most of it. Um, yes. But it is kind of cheating if you're really going to be honest. You know, you you, uh, you mentioned Wilf, which is um, I, I got to say my my initial emotional response to this is uh, three three tear emojis. Uh, I I started weeping three times during the Star Beast. The first one was the mention that Wilf is alive. He's alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we we're going to see him. We know we're, we we, we knew we were going to see him. Yeah, we knew that it, it was yeah. kind of an open secret, but mm-hmm. they're saving it for. Presumably for the giggle. Yeah, presumably. Yeah. Because Wildly yeah, Yonder apparently occurs in some other entirely different location. Yes. Um, so one thing, like I say, we, we already talked a little bit about the Meep, but we, 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 you know, the Meep looks amazing. Like, this is such a good looking Meep. But it's like what we hadn't seen until now was evil Meep. Mm-hmm. And I think I think they really nailed it. Like, in other words, like, the... The eyes in the comic strip kind of change a little too much. I mean, you can get away with that in the comic. And I like yes. how here they just kind of like angle it differently and show the Meep's teeth. And the one minute, the moment they had to really get right was when the, the Meep whips out the gun. And I thought mm-hmm. that was really good. Like it was just like, ah, to hell with this or whatever. And he just pulls out the gun and just zaps the... Uh, uh, the Roth, and we now we know how to pronounce it. It's the, the Roth, Roth warriors. Yes, it's just no, no, like your, it's just like your IRA. It's a Roth, so not a Roth. I have to interrupt you there and point out you did not use the Meep's correct pronoun, which is the. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll talk about the pronouns in a minute. <laughs> okay. I mean, well, I'll just say, just on the, you know, all of the, you know, obviously there's a lot to talk about in the in the representation side of things, and Is I'll just limit it to one. There's, I've got one comment for now, Chris Chibnall. I hope you're watching. That's how you do it. Really, that's your yeah. comment. <laughs> That's my comment. That's my comment. We'll, we'll get to the details of why, but I, I feel like that was a masterclass in how you take things like talking about, you know, disability, talking about, uh, you know, trans rights, and you make it, you do exactly what RTD is so good at doing. Uh, we, but we don't have to get into that now. We could talk about all the Spanish <laughs> stuff first. <laughs> well, I kind of now I want to kind of get it out of the way. Okay, let's get it out of the way. You you know, might have noticed I said I liked it at the beginning. Yeah. I didn't love yes. it. And mm-hmm. it's primarily because I I have to push back on what you said, which is that I don't think is this is how you do it. I think ah. this was done in kind of an over-the-top clumsy way. Like, it, it clearly, like, you know, like, I don't want to get too far down the, like, oh, is, is RTD going to be more progressive or, or woke or whatever than mm-hmm. Chibnall. I mean, I think the evidence here is kind of yes, but it is, I, I, it is one off, right? Like, I feel like it might not be, this might not be the thing we get all the time, but I do feel like they made sort of the identity stuff, having that sort of be this, the way they resolve it. It seems like they say at the end, Oh, the way, the reason they were able to win was because she's non-binary which is kind of weird because I <laughs> like I well, like I, I think that's like 
a, a strange message. Like it's, it'd be just as strange to me if they said, uh, you know, if they flipped the script, well, we, we, we won because she's hetero. <laughs> it's like, yeah. well, wait a minute. Neither one of those is actually a good message in my view. I mean, I might be in the minority, well, but the it's like, I think you can I think you can pick and choose here. I think you can say either they win because Donna had a kid and leave it at right. this. You know, if that's your chosen headcanon, you can leave it there. The the non-binary thing, I think, is RTD not overplaying his hand for one reason, and that's because it echoes, you know, it feels like it was almost intentional in two thousand nine uh to have, you know, Donna go binary, 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 binary. Right. right? that it feels like a payoff and an RTD is good at that, making things feel like payoffs years later when obviously he didn't have this sort of thing in mind. Yeah. She but, seemed like she was just stuttering mm-hmm. back then, you know, yeah. she was just stopping. Yeah. Stuttering on a single word, but it's nice because it's rough, you know, takes us, ties it back to that thing. Doesn't feel like it's forced. It doesn't feel like it's out of nowhere to me because of that, because, you know, I think you've got to be very careful in those moments uh, about how you play this. But I, I got to say, you know, as as someone who generally supports trans rights and hates what J.K. Rowling has done to uh, the British, you know, the, the British children's entertainment scene with her, you know, take on trans issues, this this felt like Russell T. Davies extending a big middle finger to J.K. Rowling and saying, well, no, yeah, but I, mean- I own... Oh, I lost you. <laughs> I think I, it might be me. So let me see what I can do. How are you doing? There you go. Now I heard you there for a second. You did? Now I can hear you. You're good. Oh, we'll just okay. do some editing. Yeah. And I, I, you know, he's totally entitled to extend big middle fingers to very popular people, but I'm just saying like, you don't nece- you don't have to necessarily polarize the audience and, make make it overtly political which is kind of what you're saying he just made this a really big political statement which is you know like i say chibnall was fine with that he can do that but i i think in in both cases this isn't how you do it this is this you could have been more subtle about it uh and still have that progressive message i just didn't need to be hit over the head with it that's kind of what i'm saying um otherwise yeah it was it was a great Doctor Who story tenant, like the, the the smart stuff that this thing does is that it gives a lot of scenes with tenant and Tate, which of course is what you want to do. Like he, yeah. he just gives them lots and lots of room to just banter off each other. Uh, you know, the, all the stuff where Sylvia's punching him out, uh, mm-hmm. all the, all, you know, and even the dad, the new guy, uh, the, her husband, like yes. he gets some really sure. memorable scenes. I think all of that really, really worked well. Yeah, you really get to know the family. This is really RTD doubling down on his soap opera skills, right? I, I think this was sort of mad soap opera skills uh, in terms of just, yeah, giving us the, the personality of everyone in the family. And, you know, Sylvia has more to do than she's ever had before uh, in terms of being the one who takes it upon herself to protect Donna, uh, which is wonderful because, like Donna has just said, you know, she's kind of been fishing for the compliment from her mother, right? Whereas all the time, what her mother her mother is really trying to keep her safe. She just yeah. doesn't. She's not demonstrative, right? So that was lovely. Uh, I think making Rose trans works as well because it gives uh, Donna something to defend her daughter for. You know, which is mm. really, you know, that's why I think it it didn't sort of feel like 
political to me. Like it was just a soap. It's just a family. Oh I yeah. I'm fine with the character family. being trans and all that, all the, all the stuff. Like, don't get me wrong on this. Like I, mm-hmm. I feel like including a trans character and, and being referential to that, I think is okay. But sort of having it sort of be this uh, thing that he seemed to shoehorn into the climax to make the climax mm. and the resolution about identity in some yeah. way just felt mm-hmm. a little off, felt wrong to me and it felt unnecessarily polarizing. I, I already liked that she had a kid and therefore the meta crisis was postponed essentially. Like they could yes. get more time out of it. That really worked for me. That's a very doctor who way of doing it. I will say I did not, I, I, I'm curious what you thought of essentially the, the uh, letting it go. That all they had to do mm. was simply let go of the stuff. And it, <laughs> yes, that, I was yeah. going to say that's where it got too far for me. That's where it went yeah. a bit too RTD-ish. Uh, that's where the friend who was watching it kind of laughed out loud at that because it was just, you know, I mean, it's pretty, it's fireworks, but it is kind of ridiculous and it is a bit too yeah. far. And it's yes, a total welcome, hand wave. Welcome back to the treacly RTD era where you just, you know, Stuff comes out of people's eyes and faces, and there's a choir. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, yep. we're back to that era of Doctor Who, and it's a welcome return, but also this is what we've got to expect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so what do we think of the Roth, the unit, like all the other stuff we saw? All the, um, I forget the name of the other scientific advisor woman. Um, yeah, scientific advisor seems like number, number 56. Yeah. It seems like they're painting um, – this is this is RTD starting to fill in the canvas of his new yes. Doctor Who, right? So he's def- clearly wants Unit to be pretty prominent. I think Unit is very much like his Doctor Who, and he's he's sort of ste- you know stepping toward the whole thing with the, the Avengers Tower and, and Kate Lethbridge-Stewart mm-hmm. and stuff. So that's yeah, all well, good. It's, it felt a bit artificial keeping Kate out of this one, to be honest. Like, why wouldn't she mm. be there? It's it it seemed like a bit forced to deliberately pe- keep the big guns off screen. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's true. I think you kind of you know you yeah. you have to tease some things and and have them come a little later. I mean, I think the new scientific advisor isn't bad. I just didn't think she was that memorable. I mean, yes, you know, she's in a wheelchair, and you could again argue mm. the whole like, are we being <laughs> a little too far with the representation? I'll tell you maybe, one thing. I'll tell you one thing. I'm having a chair. You're what? I'm having a chair to quote Peter Capaldi in the magician's. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yes. It's, well, it's it a is, pretty it's, badass chair. It's definitely like, given what we were just saying the other week about the Davros thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's like, okay, fair enough. This is the other side of the coin. Yeah. Um, I, I, I got I got to feel like RTD set that one up by sort of getting us all riled up about the Davros thing by not the actual children in need shop, but what he said about it. And by the way, listeners, if you're looking on uh, Spotify, YouTube, whatever, for that episode, I, I don't know if we can go, uh, if it's up there, Pete, if people can go back and see the, the TikTok live that we did uh, very, very briefly on uh, there is There is a, um, a short, we clipped out something mm-hmm. from that TikTok live. So you can, yeah. you can see a, a chunk of it on our TikTok channel. Yeah. Okay, so go check that out. And while you're checking it out, check out the comic book Star Beast review that we did. And I gotta say it was less there was less of the comic book than I expected in this. 
Yeah, that's true. So the Roth, there's not really any surgery on the doctor, and there's no bomb yeah. implanted in him, and he doesn't need to go. Just, he doesn't need to go get lead from a roof uh, to to stop himself from blowing up. Fudge is yeah, in it. I'm so glad he's that in it, but he's, he's just window dressing. He doesn't really do yeah. much, and yeah. I, well, you know how could you, right? I mean, this is again, ultimately, it's got to be the Tenet Tate show, and yes. you've got to selectively. Take, take out stuff that is just kind of extraneous to that while still telling something that is passively the star beast. <clears throat> so it's too bad. Yeah. Hopefully Fudge gets a, uh, a future, uh, <laughs> a future trip somewhere, maybe with Shooty or something like that. I mean, he's pretty young. I'm sure, I'm sure we could get back to, um, Wherever I'm, he is, I'm sure Fudge is going to get pulled into, uh, Rose's beanie baby business, which is, uh, Clearly, clearly going to take off. There was some well-made uh, Beanie Babies there. I lo- I loved all that. Like that was really cool mm. with the Dalek and the Ood one was really good. Um, yeah, and all you of that stuff. See them in the background, right? So it's sort of a little hint. I like that. You know, RTD he doesn't just pull rabbits out of hats, and you're like, wait a minute, where did that come from? You can be like, oh, that was an Ood. Oh, I saw that in the background, and that like it rewards uh, a second viewing. Yeah, it's hiding in plain sight because you're you're mm-hmm. completely all your your eyes are going right to the meat, and that's all yes. you're thinking about. Like there it is, and you kind of almost doesn't matter what you're surrounding them with. It's almost like those videos where it's like, okay, keep an eye on the person holding the plate, and then they have yes. you know people in rhino costumes and whatever else walking through, and you don't even notice. So it's a I literally bit like was that. just Very reading smart. a book, uh, reading a book called "You Are What You Watch." Highly recommended. Talks about how a skilled director will draw your center of attention, which is a really tiny part of your eye when it comes down to it, to a particular point on the screen. And yes, on a first viewing, our attention was actually drawn, absolutely drawn to the meep's eyes hiding in that pile of toys. Mm. And on second viewing, we're going to go back and pick out every single toy that the meep was hiding behind, right? I had no idea what they were. So how did you like the new super-powered sonic screwdriver? Wow, yes, it is amazing what the Sonic can do with Disney money. Mm-hmm. Um, it can build <laughs> concrete walls, which I no, believe can, is a yeah, it's a, it it's a reference, force right? Force fields, well, but like there was a reference, something he was talking about with Rose, I believe, about uh, as in the first Rose, yeah. Well, that's in the Dr. Dances when he says, I'm trying to resonate yeah. concrete with the Sonic screwdriver, which which he did some he, he did with some difficulty in that episode. It wasn't like you think he did easily. I guess he's perfected it. But the big things were, okay, now he can basically create his own little hologram LED screen right in front of him. Yeah, And not only that. Monitors for the doctor. (laughs) Well, and then he takes that to the next level by creating like full on plexiglass force fields that are, that he could like push into position. And by the way, the doctor is pretty damn good at drawing a right angle. I'll just say that right now. Maybe there, there may be a little AI correction going on. In the, in I the think Sonic you're right. Just, He's got yeah. some of that Microsoft Surface Studio technology in there. Um, so I he pushes say, those do, into position, yeah. and they're they're like mm-hmm. force fields. He can do that, which yeah. is like, I, so I like the basically I like the monitor. I think that's pretty cool, and it makes a little more sense even than those olden mm-hmm. days of like he looks at the Sonic, and he just sort of understands what it's telling him. I, and I think you had to sort of headcanon it like, oh, you must be really attuned to the noises mm. it's making. Or maybe there's a telepathic circuit or something. <clears throat> I like that he can actually create a screen for it. So that makes sense. But the, the 
the force field stuff was probably a step too far for me. It was just a little bit like, okay, I, I'm going with it for the scene, and it's kind of like I'm into it, but it is like, uh, like you, yeah, I, I love. Like, I love I love it when we have different opinions on things. Yes, I, I immediately made note of the fact that, oh, the Sonic could do this now. How come we haven't seen that before? But, you know, this is a show <laughs> where the TARDIS just changes itself uh, conveniently uh, with every Doctor or showrunner, so just go with it. But what yeah. it, actually, it actually did choke me up a little bit that it's, you know, we're talking on a day where there's there's a, a ceasefire, albeit brief one, in the Middle East, you know, and mm. the Doctor is the hero that is returning to our screens and on Disney screens for the first time. And here he is, and his mate, his role in this is not to be the one holding the gun on either side, but to push the force field between the two warring factions. And that just seems so doctorish. And so what is different about this hero, right? It doesn't carry a gun. You know, if you're watching this for the first time, and it might be time to get to our newbie review, uh, then that's just a great thing to see, isn't it? And in a world that is so riven by violence... The doctor can yeah. literally just put walls between the violence and yeah, no, you're the right. Hero I mean, we need. I'll, I'll. In other words, I'll give it a pass. I was really into it in the moment, and the fan mm-hmm. in me is all just like, "Wait a minute, that's a little too much for the Sonic." But you're dead on that it is a perfect Doctor moment. And then yeah. he does the resonating concrete. He goes five doors down, and he checks the pulse of the guy, which again, also very Doctory. And then speaking of being the mediator. He's the one who's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Like, we were just shot at by all those guys, and there's not a mark on the car. And yes. he brings everyone in there. And sort of he sort of conveniently, again, it's sort of hand-wavy. Oh, I'll just interfere with some teleports to bring them here <laughs> me- yes. instantly. Um, he, in- he invokes the Shadow Proclamation. Uh, yep. and- we're back at RTD. It's happening. Yep, exactly. And he pulls out a, a barrister's wig, which is just so doctorish. He just happens to have one in his pocket, goes straight into it. I'm love. Gotta say, I'm loving the fourteenth Doctor. I'm mm-hmm. loving the ways in which he is subtly different from the tenth. Uh, I love that he was uh, told not to wear a suit that skinny at over the age of thirty-five. Uh, <laughs> I like. I love that he actually said he loves. He loves Donna. He was very yes. open with his emotions. He was just, whoa. Do I say stuff like that now? Yes, and you know what, Doctor Who did not tell it say he loved uh, Rose. Yeah, even and you know what, Doctor Who is now doing for the first time is actually the spouse act asking the other spouse, "Is this okay if I step on board the TARDIS?" I'm not sure that's happened before. You know, (laughs) directly addressing the question of, "I'm getting into this strange box with a strange man. What do you think about that?" You know, uh, <laughs> really, right? Rory, Rory never got asked. You know, Mickey Smith never got asked. So, uh, yeah, I feel like yeah. this is a more mature way to handle uh, going off with the doctor. And what, what did you think, by the way, of spilling coffee over the console as a way to get us to the next place? I mean, it was a little on the nose, but I'll take it. Um, by the way, the new TARDIS interior is fabulous. I love the yes. inside. It's really cool. It's super clean. The disco clean. TARDIS. The disco well, Disney TARDIS. <laughs> it's also very it's very reminiscent of Tenet's TARDIS. It's like basically mm-hmm. my, my daughter Grace was like, oh, they, they just cleaned it up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the they cleaned thing. it up and they bigged it up. Yes. Yeah. All right. You well, can you, see- you've... Uh, Go ahead. You can see the, the influence from like the fifth doctor era and, you know, the really clean computer TARDIS. It's very, that's the thing. Mm. The, the big thing that's different is the console. It's hexagonal. It's got 
like it's a cool. lot of old school. Well, it's old school in the sense of like eighties Doctor Who influence yeah. there, right? Um, it's the color really, really of, nice. of Hartnell's, isn't it? It's like color of Hartnell Trout and Tardis. It, it is. I mean, the colors the, are there, the but I mean, just the shape of it, and and I don't the, know. The it it is, felt yeah. like like the the energy I got was five doctors type energy, where it's all yeah. just like this new console and it's shiny and. They're all kind of proud of it, and he gets so. I love that, it, like that. Tennant gets so excited; he's just like running all over the place, like that. That is really yeah. Doctor That They energy. really gave him some some uh, some running space in this new place. Oh my goodness! Matt Smith is yeah. going to have to come back now and be the sixteenth Doctor, just so that he can he can out <laughs> kinetic uh, David Tennant in a TARDIS that big. Um, I, I got to say. It was nice before we get to the newbie review, which I where I think we should go next. It was nice to see uh, the Chibnall era, which I, of course, have my problems with, not just completely wiped out. Right, the the, the fact that the Doctor was just a woman was referenced several times. Mm-hmm. I love him telling the psychic paper to catch up. Um, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I love the fact that Jodie got biscuits in her TARDIS. She got custard creams. The doctor, the fourteenth doctor, gets coffee to go mm. with his biscuits, but you never get both at the same time, which seems very tardisy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the the coffee on the console, I mean, go for it. <laughs> it's kind of silly. You have a console that gives you coffee and then blows up the moment <laughs> a drop of coffee spilled on it. I am um, sure but- we're we're going to find out that that's toy maker, uh, you know, shenanigans going on there. I think you're right. And Mm -hmm. it's funny that they gave you, I wonder if it's a big tease though, that it's this beautiful, clean TARDIS and now it's blown up and they got to do it again. Is there going to be like yet another TARDIS interior in the next episode of Chudigawa? We have said before on, uh, on pull to open, if you check out the, the best regeneration episodes podcast, I believe it is where we talked about how David Tennant is the most destructive doctor in terms of Mm. blowing up his TARDIS and when he was Jody, she was very good about stepping outside the TARDIS for her regeneration mm. energy, you know, which is kind of a good idea. Um, I always Tenet, thought it's yeah, kind of a little weird to regenerate standing up on a cliff. <laughs> that feels a little risky to me, but it turned out <laughs> well, you know already. the doctor, kind of a thrill seeker. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to the newbie review. You mentioned Grace. Uh, what yeah. did you think? Oh, Grace really liked it. Uh, pretty much everyone everyone liked it. I think Jack had not as high an opinion on it. He was sort of um, probably influenced a little bit by sort of, again, sort of some of the stuff that sort of hit, hit you over the head. Uh, in particular, maybe the, uh, the comment about a person who is male presenting could never figure mm. this out, which was like... Ah, that was a jab, again, that's sort of a jab to fire there on on sort of the points that he's trying to make. Um, so, but uh, the grandparents both really liked it. They were super into it. They thought it was um, nice and thrilling and just looked great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. More. Yeah, got to say, the, the action scenes, I mean, no one's ever done that to London before, um, mm-hmm. you know. Even though, again, bit RTD-ish to have vast crevices open up in the earth. And oh, yeah. Just, heal up because why <laughs> did can I know, you answer right? that <laughs> i can't <laughs> i have no idea a, well, why that got there's no timey wiminess it's a dagger mm. drive so 
presumably whatever the dagger drive is doing isn't just pure destruction. It's somehow doing some kind of uh, energy siphoning or something. I don't know. There's got to be there's got to be some kind of energy put in or put back that that fully reverses it. But yeah, that was also pretty hand wavy. I'll give you that. I mean, you can headcanon the technology however you want. But the, the, the hand waviness gets going really fast and furious toward the end. Like, again, I'll buy that. Oh, Donna's been split up. Mm. Uh, if to, to, to her metacrisis has been split up, that's fine. I'm also glad they didn't. Like, cause I, for a minute there, I was thinking, oh, are all the specials going to be metacrisis Donna? Is it going to be Dr. Donna? Mm. I, I, I'll, as interesting as that sounds, it's also like, well, we want to see the doctor and Donna. You know, that's yeah, what we, we want love them just in season hit four. The- yeah, it's interesting because here we have two examples of, uh, you know, RTD standing for, you know, retcon the decision or reset the mm-hmm. device, <laughs> reset the destruction, certainly with London. Uh, but, you know, yeah. so that was kind of a bad RTD way of doing it. But, yeah, I think you're right. You need to get the Metacrisis out of the way. You need to do everything you yeah. can to make it feel a satisfying ending for yeah, so maybe I don't know. There might I would have liked to see it written a little bit different and resolved the same, which is to say I don't like the hand waviness of we're just going to wish this away and it goes away. Um, there, there's basically a little too much of that throughout because Tenant, you know, teleports the folks in. They they get rid of the Metacrisis thing. There's there's just a few too many bits where it's just oh we're just going to do some Doctor Who magic and hope people don't notice. And again, mm-hmm. for some of it, it works, and for some of it the the point they're making is is worth it like like you said with the force fields um but when you get too much of it it you know kind of just starts to feel a little uh like he's playing that get out of jail free card too many times in a row so what do you think uh for, for people who are just tuning in for the first time uh is is this their rose is this the, the sort of the the new new doctor who uh because yeah, we talked about you know the next season is season one we are deliberately starting afresh with Shooty. Uh, but this this is a good point to jump in, yeah? Oh, absolutely. I think it's got all the right elements of Doctor Who. It's got a Doctor, it's got the Companion, Tenant, and Tate. Like, again, you have the, the, the stuff that's set up really well with the, the catch-up at the beginning. So mm. Tenant sort of talking directly to camera, which bothered Jack for some reason. It didn't bother me at all. I think you'd kind of need to do it because, you know, Doctor Who is just so hard to write yeah. for in this sense. Cause this is like a sort of fan service cause it's bringing back all this stuff, but it is also supposed to be a jumping off point, particularly mm. for people on Disney plus. So I think he really threaded a needle here with yeah, the story he weaved. It's sort of like that, that opening segment sort of felt a bit like, like that's the better way to do the Amy Pond opening that they stuck mm. on the American version of season five, you know, uh, oh, right, right, right. the doctor, he, Blah, blah, blah. And we've been running ever since, which never really made sense to me. And you have to watch it over and over again. We watched it on HBO Max in that season. Uh, but like, this is a, this is a, like, just if you're going to talk to camera, just talk to camera. Just do, just break the fourth wall. Just get into it. You know, we've obviously got to catch people up. And having that sort of very theatrical way of doing it, of switching between, you know, the Doctor and Donna, you could imagine a stage play. You could do that in a, in a stage play setting, right? Without all the, expensive Disney backgrounds who just have a spotlight on one and a spotlight on the other. You know, it felt very stagey, you know, it's RTD as playwright, right? So it's a yeah. little artificial, but it totally works, especially for the newbies. 
Yeah. And so you also get that sort of new TARDIS at the end. You get this sort of new relationship with them and that he's getting to know her again and her family. So and that's all they do, all this sort of shorthand stuff and quick stuff with Wilf. I think for people just tuning in, um, you you get so much. There's such an economy of script mm. here. And by the end, you feel like you're you're kind of at the same sort of pace as everyone else because, oh, we've, we've all just seen the new TARDIS. We've all just sort of kind of caught up. So, yeah, um, yeah, you're fine and you're ready for the next one. Absolutely. And also the, the meep was practically guaranteed to return. Yeah. And with, after he reports to the boss, the I guess boss. after the, the boss visits him in prison. Uh-huh. That's almost guaranteed to be a scene, isn't it? In the wild yonder, you can almost see it. You know, Meep uh, talking to someone, we turn around, camera turns around, it's Neil Patrick Harris. It writes itself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, who else could he meet, right? I mean, I assume mm. these are going to be pretty tightly tied three episodes. So he's, I'm sure he's talking about the Toymaker, but we'll see. I, you know, V Meep is talking about the Toymaker, I should say. Uh, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> the so, Meep. We'll see. The the Meep, yes, uh, the Meep was talking about the Toymaker, uh, none of none of whom's identities are pretty clear at this moment. But yes, absolutely. So ordinarily, on a regular episode of Pull to Open, we'd be cutting to some important questions. Yeah. But since this is a very not-so-normal episode of Pull to Open, we'll do a little bit of housekeeping and say, hey, follow us on social at Pull to Open 63 or Pull to Open, uh, especially on TikTok, uh, where we're Pull to Open, and on YouTube, where we're at youtube.com slash pull to open where you can see things like my great starbies poster here in the background um also right. you can check us out online at pull to open.net where you can subscribe to a newsletter where you get full notes although there are no notes for this one so <laughs> you're probably not gonna get notes for this episode but every all the planned ones we do we will definitely send notes to you if you subscribe there indeed and by the way i'm just gonna give a plug to two of our old uh podcasts in particular uh, the one that has just gone up, we just happened to have been sent by the randomizer to the three doctors, which was the 10th anniversary. We've also done day of the doctor, which is the 50th anniversary. So really 50 plus 10, we kind of did 60 before it was cool. Uh, but go, go check those out. If you just haven't had enough anniversariness in your, in your life, uh, please go check those out. Follow us on all the socials and, uh, come Visit us uh, next week, next time, where in a very, very timey-wimey way, we will be uh, going back to the future and visiting Eden, uh, <laughs> where there will be a nightmare. Uh, it, that is our next random adventure once we've... Uh, oh, the, the TARDIS here didn't like that. The lights are going out. So <laughs> it may be, <laughs> may be time to wish you farewell from, from Costa Rica. And I will be back for next time, next uh, well, Insta. Hold on, hold on. Are we, are we going to, we got to, we got to give, we can't let people hang in. Uh, how, are okay. we going to rate this? Do we rate are this we, episode? Are we going to rate, rate this? Well, that is a good question. I mean, hmm. we could give it a preliminary rating, right? But I think the randomizer would be very mad with us if we gave it a, a perma rating because yeah. the randomizer has yet to officially take us to the stars. Well, should we, should we do a completely different scale then? And just <laughs> rank it by the number of TARDISes out of five. Ooh, I I'm gonna give that six. Six. Yeah. Wow. I found, look at you. I found an extra Love TARDIS. It. I found a broken old Type Forty, which I'm just gonna add bash on to the end of the fifth one. All right. Well, I'm gonna be bold. Maybe this is bold. Maybe not. But I'm only gonna give it four out of five. Oh, um, fantastic! We average at five. Yeah. So we <laughs> average at five. So it, it works. <laughs> 
No, but go ahead. I think, Your reasons well, for I taking mean, off the there's just There's just too much hand-waviness for me to really go for it. Like, I really think that the hand-waving of the, the metacrisis just kind of being wished away when that was such a core and, you know, part of the end of, of series four, I, I don't think you're allowed to do that to just kind of like, Oh, you know, we could have wished it away the whole time, which is sort of the implication. Uh, I think yes. you, you, I would really wanted him to earn that back in some way. And I, I would have been fairly generous about doing it. I, I just not going to let you just whatever. Like, like I, we're going to hold hands and it just goes away and everybody's fine. Um, well, maybe I'm heartless me, uh, for that, but it is, uh, it, it is something I, I didn't like. Let, let me introduce you to a Mr. The Davies, first name Russell. Uh, his, his pronoun is also the, by the way, it's in the middle of his name. Um, yeah, no, that this is just this welcome back. Like <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to, we, we may have some more RTD in, a, in the future of the randomizer. And uh, not to spoil anything there, but, you know, we're, we're going to see how this sort of thing happens a lot. And it happens in every sort of big ending of the RTD era, right? It just comes to the no, but I'm saying there's things you can hand wave away and there's things you shouldn't. And this is, in my view, this is one of the things you shouldn't. Um, yeah, I mean, every every story and every showrunner sort of has to hand. I mean, it's Doctor Who. You're going to have to, like, gloss over things and sort of to get to the things you want to do. I just felt like this being such a cornerstone of what we knew to be the rules of the doctor and Donna and everything they went through. Um, you can't just, you know, discard that because it's convenient. Uh, I wanted him to earn that back and he didn't really. Hmm. Hmm. I, I felt the earning, which I think is the, the difference between our ratings. So interesting, interesting. Always love uh, debating it with you though. And yeah. uh, love to Me share our Likewise, thoughts sure. with you guys. Yeah. And I'm glad we were able to do this. Looking forward to doing it again for the Wild Blue Yonder. All right, folks. Uh, This has been Poll to Open. Hot take. We're going to be back on course or off course with our randomizer, (laughs) as Chris said, next week. But then we'll also have yet another take. More hotness, more takes, more than you know what to do with. They're going to be so hot, you're going to have to spill them all over the TARDIS console in front of you, these takes. That's right. Blow everything up. We are, we are officially not allowed on the Antardis' insurance policy because, or indeed Unit's insurance policy, now we know they have one, uh, because our takes are too hot, uh, they might just combust. So keep it right here at Pull to Open for uh, Wild Blue Yonder and whatever is going on on that ship. It looks very intriguing. Uh, we're on board for the journey. We'll be taking a diversion to uh, back to our random journey, and we will see you guys next time. All right. Take care, folks.